Good evening, I'm Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I'm in recovery from sex addiction and compulsive overeating. Hey, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to worship and glorify you. Thank you for the fact that we have a moment that we can uh, set aside to talk about forgiveness. Something that keeps us stuck, keeps us hurting, keeps us in the muck and the mire. And tonight we get an opportunity to discuss it and hopefully uh, begin that process of healing. And for many of us, this has been a hurdle. And uh, we get a chance to jump over that and uh, with your help. And so thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, so tonight we're talking about forgiveness. I'm totally excited. Forgiveness is one of those things that it is either going to free us or it's gonna help us stay stuck and in bondage for a long, 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 long time. And for some of us, it could bring us to death because the lack of forgiveness means there's resentment and resentment is our number one offender. And we don't know if that's gonna lead us to drink and that next drink could be our last. Or the next time we use, it could be our last. And so um, the natural defense when things happen to us, when we get a hurt, is to get to block off, boom, to hold on to that, to remember that. Our natural defense is to ruminate over that, to have that injury or that, that emotional scar that's happened to us and play it over and over again in our head. And every time we play over and over again in our head, it gets stuck further and further deep into our brain. And for some, they would call that a stuck trauma. They would call that whatever. But our natural defenses is to keep trying to come up with a different solution. But the reality is there's no other solution than what actually happened. And that's hurt and pain. Resentment. There's no other solution of you walking in on your spouse doing something they shouldn't be doing. There's no other solution than to replay that over and over and over again in our brains. It's brutal. So there's this lady by the name of Katarina Steiner, and this is what she has to say about forgiveness. Um, It says this, a bond is created between the harmed and the offender when we get hurt. We long as this link, uh, as long as this link exists, we experience the event over and over again. Fear and stress take over our existence. We have less room for love and good feelings At some point, we start talking bad about the offender, thinking about revenge, sometimes talking revenge, and even taking revenge. We become aggressors ourselves. The sin of others makes us sin. Our forgiveness can free us from the vicious cycle. Forgiveness is protection against temptation and sin. Of course, there is also the requirement by God to forgive. That's tough. That's pretty good. Pretty good. She goes on to say this even about it is when we get hurt, we form a bond with the offender and the offense. Forgiveness is the process of cutting the link created by harm, thus setting us free. And I know that last uh, two weeks ago, we talked about amends and uh, I think Celebrate Recovery does a lot of great things. If I had my choices, I would switch the two lessons Because I truly believe forgiveness needs to come before we actually go make this amends process. Because for me, it was crucial that I forgave those people that had hurt me deeply before I ever went and made amends for my stuff. Because 
before that, they were never going to be able to respond in an appropriate way that would, that would meet the amount of hurt and pain that I felt from them. And so I had to come to a place where I forgave them first. And uh, I just think it's, it's vital for our recovery. If we are... Uh, let's move on. Uh, forgiveness breaks that cycle that we can't break in our brain. I talked about that thinking about it over and over and over and over again. And there becomes a tug of war in our brain. And we have to, at some point, figure out how we beat this. And the tug of war, when we realize, is never against somebody else, but it's against ourselves. And a couple years ago, I went with uh, our Big Valley football team, and we went down south to a football camp, and there were some pretty big schools down there. There was Grace, there was uh, Aquinas, uh, there was some other big private schools down in the L.A. area that, yeah, yeah, somebody likes L.A., awesome, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> And uh, some big schools, and we're a little D7 school from Big Valley, and we went down there. But here's a tug-of-war competition that we had during that uh, time there. Oh, it is. Oh, here we go. the competition we were going against St. Thomas Aquinas which was the, the number two school down at that competition and we were like the last place team going against that team and you could see the struggle and there's times in our life where we're holding on to that rope and we're being drugged and then there's times we think we're gaining ground and we're like yeah we almost got it and then they start pulling back and we go back again until we lose because every time we're holding on to that rope and we're tug of warring, it's always going to be a loss. There's only one way out of this, and that's to drop the rope. We talked about dropping the rock. Now we talk about letting go of that rope and dropping the rope, letting go and letting God. And that's what we get a chance to think about today, is how do we let go of these hurts and pains that we have experienced? How do we let go of that hurt and pain of this person who has never asked for forgiveness? How do we let go of that hurt and pain from somebody who is, doesn't even care if you ever forgive them? Whew. That's tough. How do we let go of that hurt and pain that we caused ourselves? Because there are some of us in this room that beat ourselves up and we won't even forgive ourselves. We literally are playing tech of war with ourselves. We start to succeed and have fun, and then all of a sudden, guess what? We shoot ourselves in the foot because we're scared of letting us off the hook. Whew. God wants to do crazy stuff. Well, here's the process of forgiveness. The process of forgiveness is cleaning the wound. Yes, it's like we get an actual wound, and it is excruciatingly painful. We get it infected, and because we don't do anything about it to deal with it, 
and it just sits there and festers, and there's pus growing inside of that, and we have to get in, and we have to clean this wound out. We have to dig in there, get all the crud, all the muck, all the stuff out of there, and clean it out, and we do that through the four-step process. We do that when we sit down and we do a thorough moral inventory and we write these things out. We write down how we felt through this process. We write down how it affected us. We write down those things and we look at our part. That's how we begin to clean those things out. But not only do we have to clean, but once there's that cleaning that takes place, there can actually start to be healing. And some of us have maybe attempted this in the process, but in the process of trying to do this, we didn't do it well or we didn't do it right, or we shortcutted something, or we, we, we did what I typically hear is, well, I've already confessed this one other time. Do I really need to write it in my fourth step? And so then we leave it out. And so there's scar tissue. And scar tissue, yes, leaves an awesome scar when you're a warrior and you want to show everyone how bad knuckles you are, but when it's our emotional life and our soul, Scar tissue can be damaging. And we've got to get in there and we've got to reopen this thing and we've got to dive deep and we've got to clean it back out and we have to go through that process of healing in our life. That's how we begin this healing process. That is what happens. Well, here's, a, here's three aspects that I want to talk about tonight. And I'm just now getting to our point, so awesome. But here it is, is have you actually accepted God's forgiveness? Have you accepted God's forgiveness? I mean, there is the thought, and uh, a lot of people think God's dead. There's this quote, and we're going to put it up here. I think it was Nietzsche that that wrote this. Um, He said, God is dead, God remains dead, and we have killed him. And that's from the gay science, and that word gay is different from nowadays word gay. Uh, Frederick Nietzsche, he wrote that and he said, God's dead. God remains dead and we've killed him. We may believe that. We'll have scripture that tells us otherwise. I have a passage out of Mark chapter 16, verse six that says this. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. He's not there any longer. Jesus rose from the dead. He did everything he said he was going to do. He died for our sins and he has forgiven us of our sins. Have I accepted God's forgiveness? I mean, have I actually accepted his work on the cross? I mean, John chapter 19, verse 30, it says these words. It is finished. There's no more penance I need to pay. There's no more things I need to do. I can't lash myself with uh, whips and stuff like that to create more pain in my life. I can't do things to make my punishment any worse. God has already paid that price and has forgiven us of our sin. If we've accepted him. Romans chapter three, verses 22 and 23 says that, this, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, yet God has forgiven us. 
But I ask the question, how does he even forgive my hypocrisy? I mean, I'm Scott. I'm a sex addict. I was looking at pornography in my office, and then I was going out and teaching kids about Jesus. How how does he forgive me of that? That's hypocrisy. And I know that shocks a lot of you when you come in here and go, we can't talk about that in church. (laughs) Did he just say that from up there? Yes, I know. But the guilt and shame that I face day in and day out over that kept me stuck, kept me hidden, kept my soul keep festering and festering and festering. But God forgives our hypocrisy. God forgives us. Who has the power to actually forgive? Do you have the power to forgive? I mean, can you forgive me of my sins? Can you say, Scott, you're forgiven of your sins? No, we don't have that power. I may have offended you and you may be able to forgive me for that, but you can't forgive me of my sins. There's only one person that can. That's Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can do that. I mean, you have this story of this paralyzed guy, right? He's paralyzed, can't use his arms, can't use his legs, has no mode of transportation, lays on a mat, and somehow this dude gets friends. I don't know how it happens, but he gets friends. These four guys go bring him to Jesus, but when they get to Jesus, the house is full. It is a packed house. They were not abiding by COVID rules. And they get it there, and they're like, we can't get in. So what are we going to do? So they go up the stairs, they get to the roof, and they rip the roof off. That's crazy. And then they lower him where Jesus is at. How they knew where Jesus was standing, I have no clue, but they got him right there. Right in front of Jesus. And he goes, what does he say? Your sins are forgiven. He doesn't say get your mat and walk, you're healed. He doesn't do that. He met his most important need and that was your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees go, whoa, 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 buddy. You don't have the power to heal or to to, uh, forgive sins. And he goes, oh yeah, I do. But show you that they have the power to to, uh, forgive him of his sins. Hey, get your mat and get up and get out of here. The paralyzed dude then gets up Gets his mat and walks out. That's crazy. Jesus has the power to heal. Jesus has the power to forgive you. God can do that. But the question is, do you actually believe that? Because some of us, I think, don't actually believe that. We may say we're Christians. We may say, yeah, I believe these things. But do we? We may say the Bible is the Bible, and I believe everything that's in the Bible. Well, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 say this. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. That's what happens, guys. When we confess with our mouth and we believe in our hearts, We are saved. We are forgiven of our sins. Yes. Hallelujah. Romans 6.10 says this. For the death he died, he died to sin. Once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. 
Christ died on the cross for your sins, your past, present, and future sins. The sins you're gonna commit tomorrow and a year from now, God already died for those. Jesus died for those sins, and he's forgiven you. What? That is unimaginable, because I am wicked at my heart, at my core. How does he know what I'm gonna do? He does. And he's gonna forgive me. He died once and for all for your sin. For your sin. No matter what it was. You're like, Scott, you don't know what I did. No, but I know what I did. And it's pretty gnarly. You can ask my guys that I shared my inventory with. We had to take a break. They're like, whoa, easy, buddy. Easy. (laughs) The next aspect that we got to talk about right here is have you forgiven others who have hurt you? I mean, have you forgiven that person that's molested you? Have you forgiven that person that's raped you? Have you forgiven that person that's beaten you up? Have you forgiven those people who've hurt you, that have damaged you? Well, let me just say this. If Jesus has forgiven our sins and given us the ministry of reconciliation, then shouldn't we forgive others? God reconciled us to himself. Jesus came to this earth, died on the cross so that we could have a relationship with him. And he said, now I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. Do that with others. That we would have that ministry of reconciliation, that we would forgive them for whatever they may have done to us. So that we can have a reconciled relationship. That doesn't mean we're best buddies again, but it means that we're reconciled. I got a friend that always uses the term, we're flat. Are we flat? Are we good? Yeah, we're flat. That means there's nothing in between you and me. And that is what he wants from us. Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19 says this. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Romans 12, 17 and 18 says this. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I was in high school, I was a freshman, I was walking down the hallway at Modesto Christian, going into the weight room. I opened the door to the weight room because I wanna get yoked, and the door opens, and there's this dude named Darren standing there, and pow, just hits me right in the face, pow. I just closed the door, Walked back down the hallway. I was like, I think I'm going home for today. I don't know what just happened, but I ain't going in there. (laughs) Well, I was an offensive lineman. He was a running back. And uh, he was trying to fight to get the starting position. And so um, being the guy that didn't find recovery at the time, I did what they call lookout blocks. And so I would go to block my guy. And if Darren was running the ball, I would say, look out, here he comes and let my guy go through every single time and pow. It was awesome. (laughs) And then when my buddy Michael was carrying the ball, I'd make sure I got my block. I was angry, I was mad, I wanted revenge on this guy as much as possible. And I did it. Now I didn't do it so it was obvious. 
because I'm not that dumb, but I still did it. What are the things in our lives that we hold that revenge, we hold on to those things, and yet scripture here tells us that we should not. Do not repay evil for evil. That's hard when that wound is so deep, when it hurts so much, when emotionally we are just shot. When we can't make it a day without crying, when we can't make it an hour without crying, how do we forgive? Well, it's that process I talked about. It's about cleaning and healing and removing that scar tissue, getting that out of there. Well, who's on your forgive list? We go through this process, who's on your forgive list? Let me give you a hint if you've done the fourth step. That forgive list should be anybody who's hurt you. Just a hint. Anybody who's hurt you should be on your forgive list. There's gonna be some that are easy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. They didn't do much to you. <laughs> easy, done. And there's others, whoa. I had to work long and hard to forgive my mom. There's a lot of things that I held resentments for with my mom. I did not have a great relationship with him. There's a lot of deep wounds and I thought I did a lot of good work. And when she passed away last year, everything came right back into my face. Bah! Every resentment I ever had. And I had to do the work all over again, it felt like. Go back through that process of letting it go, forgiving her, all that kind of stuff. Well, it's a free will to forgive. So I encourage you to do that. It's your own choice, guys, to let this go. You can choose to hold on to that rope and be jerked back and forth and to be in that tug of war or you have a choice to let go. At Hume Lake Christian camps, they always do a tug of war and there's always somebody that thinks they're funny and their team goes, we're gonna let go all at the same time and they all let go and everybody that's pulling goes Well, that's what happens when we let go of our resentment is our, res our resentment goes away. How long are you gonna hold on to that rope and are you gonna choose to let it go? We have misplaced anger sometimes. We blame others. We blame God instead of who really belongs, it belongs to. First Peter chapter five, verse 10 says this. And the God of all grace who called you in his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. That God is the one that restores us. God is the one when we choose to let go and forgive. God's the one that helps us be steadfast in him. Man, some of you may have uh, been a victim of uh, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. And so I just got a few verses for you. One of them is out of Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another as any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Matthew 6, 14, 15, and Mark eleven twenty five 25 all say the similar things. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. 
I just want to throw that out there. I know there's somebody that has been abused out there. And I don't want to take that light. I don't want to say what they have done to you is okay. Not at the most. That just unfortunately means you've got to do a little bit more work than some of us that, that weren't abused. It just takes more emotional pain. It means that when you dive in, you've got to dig deeper into that wound. You've got to let God do more healing in your life. And some of you may have some more scar tissue than others that need that work. I just want you to know that there's people that have walked that road and can help you on that journey. So talk to the other ladies in group. Talk to even guys. There's guys out here that have had the exact same. Talk to the other men. There can be healing. There can be healing. I was going to do an illustration, but I didn't ask this brother's uh, permission, so I'm not uh, going to do that. But here's, here's the last little thing. Hmm. Have you forgiven yourself? I mean, have you forgiven yourself? Have I forgiven myself? I mean, I think of the decades that I looked at pornography, the damage that that caused my wife, the hurt and pain, what that did to me, what that did to my marriage. A lot of guilt and shame over that. A lot of what ifs in my life. What if I didn't have that issue? Would the ministry in Alaska have been better? Would, have been, would I still be back here? Where would I still be up there? What, what, where would I be? A lot of what ifs. I can't play that what if game because in the step study and step one, lesson one, goes through that with me. How about this? Let God help you. You're not in this journey alone. Let God come alongside you and help you. Isaiah chapter 118 says this, come now, let us reason together, say to the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. God has forgiven you. I mean, if the Lord of the universe, the almighty God, who is perfect in everything, can forgive you of your sins, should you not forgive yourself? Or are you greater than God? A lot of times we feel like we're greater than God. And so we hold on to that. I encourage you, let go. Let God be the one. He's already paid the price. He's already forgiven you. Stop punishing yourselves. Forgive yourself. If I can't forgive myself, then the forgiveness I offer others is superficial. If I can't forgive myself, then when somebody comes up to me and asks for forgiveness or says they're sorry for something, then the forgiveness I offer them is superficial. I, I can't understand, I can't relate because I still hold on to my own issues. I have to forgive so that I may be forgiven and I may forgive others. It's not the uh, assigning blame or letting yourself off the hook. It's simply forgiving yourself. It's healing that wound. It's acknowledging the fact that you're human. And so you give yourself that respect that you are and you're gonna be making mistakes and you're not perfect. And God can heal you. I'm not perfect, so let's get up, dust off, 
and let's try again. Let's get back into that wound. Let's clean it out. Let's start the healing and let's go through this. When you forgive, you don't change the past, but you sure do change the future. And so tonight I ask you and I challenge you, if you're in this tug of war, if you have this bond on your life with this trauma or this event that has happened, that you would come to a place where you could learn to let go of that rope, to find healing in that, that you would be able to clean, to heal, and to get rid of that scar tissue. Let me pray. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for these men and women that are here, that are sitting here. Lord, I don't know where they're at. I don't know what's happened in their life. But Lord, I would ask that you would help them in this healing process. That when I started to talk about forgiveness, that there probably was a name or a situation or an event that happened that they maybe thought of. And so Lord, will you help them with that? To learn to forgive, to learn to let go, to not be stuck in this tug of war that they may find freedom and they may find healing. God, help them in this journey. Help them in receiving your forgiveness, forgiving others and forgiving themselves. Thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's stand and close with a serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen.